Tim Alford and the T1 of Brass. I'm Carson Stuy. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio is the managing editor of Fangraphs and the owner of a, of a young dog, a young and enthusiastic dog. His name is Dave Cameron. If the listener is the sort of person uh, to have ever asked him or herself, uh, is it possible to talk about Adam Rosales and Adam Rosales-related issues uh, for upwards of 30 minutes, then you will uh, find some satisfaction uh, in, in the audio that's to follow, uh, because that's precisely what happened. Well, the answer is yes, and then and, and, and that's what this is. Um, of course, Adam Rosales was uh, recently uh, designated for assignment and then waived or placed on waivers by the Oakland Athletics. Uh, he was claimed by the Texas Rangers, rostered for a couple days, and then waived uh, by the Texas Rangers, claimed again by Oakland, uh, rostered by Oakland for t- about 24 hours, and then waived again, and then on Monday, uh, uh, one more time claimed by the Texas Rangers. Uh, what we find is that um, he is in Toronto, or was as of uh, Monday at least, he is in Toronto, uh, um, wife and kid, or, or child I believe, um, in Oakland, or something like this, and then his car was in Arlington, Texas. So... Um, so that was how, uh, how that's how Adam Rosales' life was going. We discuss uh, not just the Adam Rosales situation, but uh, perhaps what it teaches us about the waiver system, about the about baseball's waiver system. Not not maybe uh, maybe not a laugh a minute, uh, but uh, maybe perhaps one every five minutes on average. We'll say uh, we'll say that that's what uh, what a, what a listener can expect. It is Fangraphs Audio. It features managing editor Dave Cameron discussing the waiver system at length, and it begins. Right now. I need a minute. You need you need a minute? Yeah, I mean, or you can listen in while I try and uh, open the door, grab the leash, put my puppy on the leash, and have her not away. Uh, I think I would love to listen into that. Okay, Liberty, sit. 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 Stay. Stay. There she goes. Okay, now you're going to hear me chasing my dog. Okay. Liberty, sit. Ha-ha. I got you. Come on, to the front yard so you can sunbathe. My dog likes the sun. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, I think uh, during a recent recording, uh, she she was is that right? She yes. She yes. was uh, sitting in a uh, sort of pool of sunlight and uh, was inviting you also to be there as well, but it was quite warm out. It was this? Yes. So actually, to counteract the warmness, last night I purchased a doggy pool, like one of those little plastic things you can fill with water. Mm-hmm. And uh, this morning I recorded maybe the cutest video in the history of the world. Oh, is that right? He's pretty adorable in the pool. Oh, let's uh, – well, Cameron, uh, we've, there's been some talk as to whether we should make your dog part of uh, uh, maybe some knockgrass coverage, ongoing knockgrass yes. coverage. Uh, yeah. I, like, I think if you were ever going to do that, this video might be a good place to start. Okay, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, well let's uh, – yeah, well, I'll, uh, I've, I've already made a note of it. Good. Video, right, okay. Um. Are you prepared yet? Are you fully? I am now inside. She is outside. We will see how long this lasts. Okay, let's see how long that lasts. Do you want to talk about waivers? Uh, sure. I love talking about obscure waivers on marginal players. 
Yeah, all right. Well, so you wrote a post today with regarding the waiver system, um, I guess addressing ways in which it is not doing um, – let's see. It is not doing the things that the, um, I guess that uh, its creators intended it to all the time because the idea behind the waiver system um, is is uh, to give – players a chance for some mobility if 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 one team doesn't want them perhaps another team will is it is that that's a poor summary do you have a better one yeah no that's pretty close i mean i think the waiver system is supposed to be designed to promote opportunity for fringe minor league players to get major league opportunities so you know that way one team can't stockpile 40 guys in triple a who all belong in the majors without the other teams getting a chance to give them an opportunity if they want to. It's basically, you know, if we see minor league players or players sign minor league contracts with opt-out clauses, the waiver system is kind of like one big opt-out clause where uh, if, if a major league team wants to give them a major league job, they don't have to go to the minor leagues. And uh, I think in the case of Adam Rosales most recently, but also Casper Wells, Andy Rosario last winter, although it's not as big a deal over the winter, uh, you know, what we see is the waiver system has some flaws and it leads to players being passed around in a game of chicken that is not the best for them, uh, and the system is supposed to be for the benefit of the players. Uh, I do want to address uh, some specifics, both in terms of uh, a case study, in, in particular the Adam Rosales case study, but also some of the specifics of the rules, and I think that some of those rules um, are illustrated by, uh, by as well by Adam Rosales' situation. So the reason, first of all, that Adam Rosales goes on or is uh, – Placed on waivers is is why. Well, the, so the A's called him up from the minors on uh, July 24th. I think they needed a utility infielder. He was in AAA, uh, so they they called him up, put him on the roster, uh, and then a week later they made a trade for Alberto Casto at the trade deadline, who is kind of a similar kind of player but better. Uh, plays the same position, uh, hits a little bit more. So they designated uh, Rosales for assignment in order to make room for Alberto Casto. Okay. Uh, on the roster, they, they replaced him with someone better. And the reason he can't go, sorry, this is it's in part elementary, but I just want to make sure that we've established it. The reason the reason they designate him for assignment as opposed to just sending him to the minors is because he has no more options left. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. So he's been on the major league roster or on forty man rosters and sent to the minors via option uh, three times or throughout three different seasons in his career. You you only have three options. Sometimes you get a fourth for injury reasons or. Uh, there's weird exceptions. But usually you get three. He'd used up his three options. So now the only way for a team to get him to go to the minors is to clear him through waivers. Uh, and when you designate a player for assignment, you would have 10 days then to trade him, release him, or put him through waivers, and they put him through waivers. Now, now first of all, the A's must have known that this was a situation that, that could possibly develop, right? They know that they're near the trade deadline. They know that they... Um, that they have some incentive to make a move to upgrade. Uh, but at the same time, you know, mid... Um, uh, late August there, when they call up Adam Rosales, they say, well, he has no options left. Uh, we're going to call him up, but uh, we, if we're upgrading in the next couple of days, we may not have a place for him. Yeah, I mean, they went into this with eyes wide open. It's not like they didn't understand that there was a chance they could move Adam Rosales and they called him up for a week. Uh, but I think Rosales is the kind of guy who you think might have a chance to sneak through waivers and you'd be able to keep him in your system. If you lose him, it's not the end of the world. I mean, the post today isn't necessarily bemoaning the terrible state of the A's losing Adam Rosales for nothing. Uh, you know, there are other utility infielders who, you know, play mediocre defense and don't hit that well floating around baseball. They can replace Adam Rosales. Uh, but, you know, they, they had Adam Rosales. They liked Adam Rosales. It seems like Adam Rosales might like the A's. Uh, and yet, you know, maybe without, 
you know, regard to Rosales or the A's. He keeps bouncing back and forth in this game of chess between divisionals. Okay, so what happens? And maybe some of this is not. Uh... Is not uh, some of this information is not available to the public, but um, so when a player is designated for assignment, how does how do the other twenty nine teams find that out, or that he's been placed on waivers after that? Yeah, so I mean, basically, Major League Baseball has an internal system that every team uses, basically a giant email chain. And so, when a player is placed on waivers, every team in baseball gets an email and uh, filters through the organization, and hey, you've got forty eight hours to put in a claim on Adam Rosales. Well, once the A's DFA'd him, I mean, every team knows about that too. The A's then have 10 days to do something with him. So they didn't have to put him on waivers right away. They could have held on to him for a few days. Uh, they could have tried to trade him. They could have just cut him, released him outright, made him a free agent. Uh, or at some point during that 10-day window, they have to put him on waivers. And so the A's wanted to try and get him through as fast as possible and get him back to Sacramento. So they just put him right on waivers, and that's when Tech was claiming. Obviously, again, this might be very elementary and peculiarly specific, but um, I, I mean, is it – is it John Daniels to whom that message is sent? Is it an underling whose job it is to compile uh, the list of available players who might make sense uh, to claim off waivers? You know, I mean, I haven't sat there in a front office when an email comes in, so I'm guessing a little bit. But in talking with uh, underlings who do this kind of thing, my sense is that this email goes to everybody in the organization. Uh, if you're, you know, in the front office, you probably get hit with an email blast, and there'll be report something along those lines. But pretty much every front office also has. Uh, some lower-level analyst whose job it is to compile reports for the GM, the assistant GM, and say, here's the guys who went on waivers today, uh, here's what we know about them, here's our scouting information, here's the most recent reports we have, here's his health, here's his salary, here's his contract, uh, you know, here's maybe even a recommendation, uh, I like this guy, let's go get him. Um, so usually uh, John Daniels is sitting there checking his email trying to figure out, you know, oh, okay, good, there's someone on waivers today. He might have seen the email. It's possible that, you know, he's on the chain. Uh, but he would get a report from somebody in his front office saying, you know, here's the six guys that are currently designated for assignment, and here's how we think they would fit our organization. Right. Okay. So the uh, so Texas finds out about it. Well, all, all 29 clubs find out about it. Texas decides that they're going to place a claim on Adam Rosales, which you said they have, they have two days to do. Is that right? Yeah. It's a 48-hour period. So once a player does on waivers, uh, there's 48 hours for other teams to submit their claim. From the end of that 48-hour period, uh, Major League Baseball uh, – announces which team was awarded the claim. If multiple teams put in a claim, then the team with the worst record uh, gets the team, gets the player, and if no one or if no one claims him, then the team can outright into the minors. Uh, depending on the amount of service time a player has, he can sometimes not choose to decline that, and he would have to be sent to AAA. Uh, you know, if he's a younger player who hasn't been in the majors that long, he clears the waiver, the team just sends him to AAA. If you're a you know, 15-year veteran and you've got enough service time, you can actually decline that and say, screw that, I'm not going to AAA, I'm going to be a free agent now. Now, the original email to, to place the claim, is that just sent to Bud Selig uh, directly? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he handled all waivers personally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right, so so I guess it's not is, is uh, the point you're trying yeah, to make. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bud Selig didn't know who Adam Rolf was. <laughs> is that true? Is that possible? I would think that, you know, uh, there's a rumor going around that Bud Selig may have never used a computer. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a rumor I've heard before. Uh, if he's never used a computer, unless he watches a lot of baseball, he might not know who Adam Rizal is. Yeah, that's true. You would have to watch. Although, uh, Adam Rizal, as it should be said, he, sh- he has showed up in a number of um, uh, sort of sports center highlights because of his uh, the enthusiasm with which he runs the bases after a home run. Well, it's fun to watch the sports on our highlights, but maybe he knows who he is. Okay, yeah. 
But you know this about Adam Rosales, right? He has the uh, qu- he has the fastest uh, tater tater trot tracker times of like uh, of anyone ever. I did not know this, but I yeah. don't have cable. So. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, yeah. Larry Grunillo, uh, of course. Uh, record. Anyways, this is neither here nor there. All right. So uh, so Texas so Texas uh, places the claim that they're the uh, uh, what the, the team with the the worst record, perhaps the only team that has, that has placed a claim on Adam Rosales. They win the claim. Uh, they're notified that they are now they have the rights to Adam Rosales. What are their options at that point? Okay, so they have Rosales in the 40 man. They have, they have they have to add him to the 20 25 man. Now, did, did Adam Rosales ever officially join the Texas Rangers? Yeah, he spent a couple days on their team. Uh, I believe against the A's. <laughs> I believe it was a, week, a weekend where the Rangers have been playing the A's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Adam Rosales, who had played with the A's and knew all their signs, had to learn all the Rangers signs. So both teams had to change all of their signs uh, for this series, so that Adam Rosales couldn't tell the Rangers what Oakland was doing and. Uh, Rosales had to learn uh, the Rangers signs, and then after that weekend was over, they designated him for assignment, uh, and and then the Rangers had to change all the signs again because those guys learned all the signs. And it it also appears as though Adam Rosales recorded zero plate appearances in the inter- in the meantime. Yeah, he, he didn't play. He was going to pinch hit against Grant Balfour, but they ended up not using. Okay, all right. So so um, so Texas, right? So Adam Rosales has to learn all the new signs. He could tell the Texas Rangers the signs. The Texas Rangers then <laughs> DFA Adam Rosales, and um, they every team changes all their signs again. Yeah, well, not every team. I think they don't care about this too much. But these two particular teams who are exchanging Adam Rosales back and forth once again have to change their signs when Adam Rosales is reclaimed on waivers by the Oakland A's. Okay. All right. No, okay, so, so, so what happens is that Texas, they say, well, uh, what, now they have another move that they want to make to add someone to their 25-man roster. Actually, no. It seems like the plan all along was they just wanted Rosales' depth, depending on what happened with the Nelson Cruz situation. And then once the Nelson Cruz situation resolved itself, they said, okay, well, we don't need Adam Rosales anymore. Let's see if we can get him to AAA on our team, because we wouldn't mind being able to call him back up in September and have some extra depth around. Uh, so let's see if we can sneak him through, and maybe Oakland won't claim him. But Oakland was like, "Hey, I was also on waivers. We want him back." Okay. All right. So, um, um, so, yeah, so they said that they wanted him back, and uh, but it, presumably this requires um, um, that the A's open up a, a 25-man uh, roster spot. So the A's were lucky that they were calling up Sonny Gray uh, to start on Saturday's game. Sonny Gray was currently in the minors, so they had an open roster spot for one day that they could claim Rosales put him on the team, send down the pitcher that they were going to send down when they were going to call up Gray anyway, and then the next day, designate Evan Rosales for assignment one more time in order to make room for Sonny Gray in a transaction that they knew was happening before they ever claimed Rosales. Okay, and then, right, and then and with the ideas, in theory, 
Um, not unlike Texas, the, what, the, the day before, um, or two days before, um, uh, with the idea that they could sneak Adam Rosales back down uh, to the minor leagues. Yes, I think they were hoping that now this time Texas might not claim him because they, you know Texas now knew what was happening with Nelson Cruz, didn't have the same motivation. Uh, so they thought, hey, we got him back, no harm, no foul. He spent a couple days in Texas, but he didn't even play against us. No big deal. Let's grab Rosales and try and get him back to waivers again. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, would you let us know what happened on uh, on Monday? In fact, so yesterday Texas said, ah, Rosales is on waivers. We will take him back again. So for the second time, Adam Rosales has been claimed on waivers uh, by the Rangers from the A's. In between, the A's claimed him on waivers from the Rangers. Okay, who <laughs> who is paying Adam Rosales at the moment? <laughs> right now, I believe it's the Oakland A's because they are the team who grabbed him on Saturday or grabbed him on Friday and DFA'd him on Saturday. So they are currently responsible for his paychecks. Okay, but for at least one day, um, if I'm not mistaken, Texas, or maybe a couple days, Texas was responsible yeah. for his paycheck. Correct. Texas had to pay him the prorated league minimum for a couple of days. Okay, so, so, so he will receive at some point a check. Or perhaps direct deposit. I don't know. Uh, I don't know everything about Emerson's finances, but presumably he'll receive he'll receive some sort of money, which is essentially like uh, what, like four hundred fifty or eighty thousand divided by one hundred sixty-two, something like that. Something like that. And I believe I am not exactly sure how much it is. There's also some kind of relocation. Uh, <laughs> you might just have to do with trade, but I think that there's some kind of like we're sorry we got rid of you price that teams have to pay. Uh, like when so when Ronald Wallace got claimed by the Rangers, he had his car shipped to Arlington. Uh, he never made it to Arlington. He hasn't seen his car since he shipped it there. Uh, but yeah, he he was in Toronto, I believe, when they claimed him, and it, so he had his car shipped to Arlington, and then you know they got rid of him before he could actually get to his car. Right, and what well, do you think that he had to? Um, <laughs> so, but he's he's been reclaimed. He's been reclaimed. He's been claimed a second yeah. time by Texas. This is, this is the good news. He might now actually get to see his car because he left it in Texas uh, during the period when he understood that he might get DFA'd again. He was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to leave my car in Arlington, and now he's back with the Rangers. He might actually get to see his car. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, weren't his? Wasn't he in Toronto at one point? Yeah, I think the A's were playing in Toronto. Okay. Uh, and so he was in Toronto playing for the A's when he was DFA'd and then claimed by the Rangers. So he was in another country while <laughs> the A's and Rangers were uh, fighting over his rights. But his wife and children were elsewhere, uh, I yeah, think. Yeah, they're really... still in Oakland, I believe, in okay. the Bay Area, uh, but his, but his where car... he assumed that he would be playing, you know, <laughs> but his car, And his car was in, was in Arlington, Texas. In, in Texas, yes. Okay, all right. Now, um, so we presume... Now, do we presume that Texas is serious now about Adam Rosales, or or is this a situation where they they simply want uh, want that which they can't have? Uh, I think that I would not be surprised if they're going to try and sneak him three years again. I, I mean, maybe he'll stick <laughs> on the roster for a little bit of time, but I think at some point in August they're going to say, "Let's try this again," and uh, Adam Rosales will once again be DFA'd. I don't think this saga is over. Uh, it's probably not going to be over until September when teams have 40-man rosters, and then somebody, whoever has Adam Rosales at that point, uh, you know, it's like musical chairs, you know. The music stops, they sit down, and they have Adam Rosales, and they have 40-man, they have the full 40-man roster they can call up, and they can stick Rosales in the major league. Now, when when Texas reclaims uh, Rosales off waivers, who who's responsible for that call, for placing that call to Adam Rosales? Probably his agent. Uh, my guess is that the Rangers have been in contact with his agent, when the call went down and said, you know, 
hey, if you end up going back on waivers, we might grab you back. Uh, I would doubt that John Daniels personally called Adam Rosales and welcomed him back to the organization. Uh, my guess is the communication all went to Rosales' agent. Okay, all right. Because that's, a, that's an awkward phone call, you, even with an agent maybe, right? I mean, the agent uh, obviously doesn't have quite as much at stake, but uh, he's partially responsible for Adam Rosales' happiness. Yeah, I would imagine the agent's probably trying to just explain to him that this will be over soon and, uh, you know, explain the logistics of why this is happening. And, you know, I, I would imagine if you're a player, you're probably not super intimate with these rules. You probably don't totally understand what's going on. Maybe Adam Rosales does, but it's kind of his agent's job to say, it's not that they hate you, you didn't do anything wrong, you know, you're just a, a pawn in a chess game right now. Right. And I guess, um, 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 t- some teams want him, so or two teams want him, but they sort right. of want him. They most, they kind of they, want him. They kind, they kind of want him. They kind of like Adam Rosales is kind of like the girl on the side. Like they don't want to date <laughs> him, but they want to sleep with him occasionally, and they want him around. And they probably they think at some level that he's more valuable than a lot of than a lot of players um, in their respective minor league systems. Yeah, I mean, I think both of them look at him and say, you know what, this is a right-handed hitting utility infielder who can play all over. Uh, you know, there's value to this. If we have an injury, we could easily find a spot for him. Uh, we would like Adam Rosales to be the 26th guy on our roster. Unfortunately, he only have 25 spots. Okay, right. Well, if they play double headers, maybe for the remainder of yeah, the season. Yeah, right. Then they Sometimes can... you get the 20, 26th man for the double header, but I think usually <laughs> teams call the pitcher for that. Uh, yeah, that's pr- that would make sense. Yeah, that seems like it would help everybody. Um, or you could call up. Um... Uh, Brooks Kieschnick, maybe. Uh, he's still yeah, or Casper Wells, another example of the waiver guy, and he ended up pitching earlier this year. Oh, and yeah, pitching quite well. And pitching decently, yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so we have, uh, we, we know Adam Rosales, well, we don't know precisely where he is today, but um, uh, we, know, we know that he is employed by the Texas Rangers, however uh, however temporarily. Now, the point that I, um, that I think that you would make, or have made, in fact, is that uh, what's strange is this: is this waiver the, the waiver system is designed to give players a chance, players who've uh, been in the minor leagues for a certain number of years, uh, but at the same time are you know might theoretically be desirable, um, desired by one of the 29 other clubs at the major league level. That's that's sort of that's the purpose of the of the waiver rule. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, so that's the purpose of the waiver rule. Um, how, however, we have this situation that's unfolding uh, that is not helping a player. Is in fact probably, um, as you say, Adam Rosales is not necessarily an excellent major leaguer, uh, good enough to pro- to probably help a team at some level. And but apart from all that, is a uh, is a person who who, yeah. who is being subjected to all this. Yeah, I think that this is from a baseball perspective. There's not a real problem here. From a human interest perspective, I have to imagine that Adam Rosales is a little annoyed that this is made possible, and, you know, would like to just say, I need to tell my wife what city to meet me in, I miss my kid, I don't know where to go. Okay, right. Now, so before we get to fixing it, um, you've also mentioned, uh, you mentioned in your your piece today that there are teams, I think Toronto is most recently, they have a reputation for claiming everyone. Yeah, Alex Anthopoulos actually had to, like, give an interview back in April explaining why he claimed that pretty much everyone who ever went on waivers. And in that interview, he basically said he was trying to help his AAA team win uh, by stocking them with good players. I think he pointed to Mauro Gomez as a guy who was on waivers and was like the best player in the International League. And his defense was, how can I look at my AAA team, tell them that I had a chance to give them the best player in their league and I didn't take it for twenty-five or $20,000. I want to build a relationship with my with my AAA team and help them win, and if I have a chance to do that, I'm going to do it. 
uh, other GMs objected and said, you know, this isn't minor league free agency. This is major league waivers. This is supposed to be about building a major league team, not trying to stock a minor league team. I assume what Alex Antopoulos would say then, uh, maybe not in, in, in so many words, is, well, then change the rules. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he's absolutely acting within the, the, the rule book, uh, what it, what it allows. Uh, and, you know, I think like he could probably make an argument that, uh, building a good AAA team and is probably helping in the major league team. I mean, you know, the Houston Astros certainly aren't trying to win major league games, but they're trying to help their major league team. But not everything you do, uh, has to be in the, uh, short-term interest of your major league franchise in order to, for it to be good for, for your organization. I think Anthopoulos could make a case that, you know, perhaps claiming Mario Gomez and having him, uh, you know, hit cleanup for their AAA team, uh, might help the development of, you know, Brett Laurie or Adam Lind or whichever player they'd set down to the minors at that point. Yeah, okay, all right. So, so that's one case where, where there's the, the, the rules, uh, are not preventing something from happening that probably should be. The other is this instance with Adam Rosales. What is your? Did you do you have a? a, a do you have a, a serious proposal? Do you have a? Is it sort of more of an ad hoc variety? It's not a full overhaul, I don't think. No, I think you know. I was basically throwing out a few ideas. I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, and people had some suggestions. Uh, you know, so I mentioned a few of the things that people who followed me on Twitter had mentioned, and then you know, I think my primary suggestion was. You know, just kind of follow the Rule 5 formula. So the Rule 5, sorry, we're taking the dog inside. We have a do- you know. dog situation. Uh, right yeah. Yes, she's, she's looking for water. I need to uh, fetch, her, fetch her a pail of water or, you know, a water uh, Yeah, I see. Water, you know. bucket thing. Right. I don't know what they call these. Um, uh, do, dogs, do dogs drink anything besides water? I mean, that they're, I mean, do they? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they would. We try not to give them anything besides water. But okay, yeah. I think we do have neighbors who say their dog does love beer. I don't know how Peter would feel about that, but yeah. Uh, all right, okay. So do, uh, do you have we have this situation resolved? Then is that right? Or, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, you know, unless she yells at me and wants to go back outside, I think we're okay. She looks okay. like she's maybe in the middle of going tired, so maybe she'll lay down. Oh, that's good. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, maybe she read, maybe uh, so, she read one of your articles. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, there was a question in there that you asked, but I, I have no idea what it was. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that it was the you were suggesting something not not unlike the rule five uh, the rule five draft. Oh, right. Yeah. The rule five draft. So the rule five draft kind of has the same point as the waiver system: taking marginal prospects that might be blocked in an organization and giving them a major league opportunity. If a team takes a guy in the rule five draft. They have to keep it all year, or you know, most of the year. You can stash him on the DL for some period of time, uh, but you know, you're not just allowed to take him and send him to your minor league system. So maybe it would make sense to make the waiver system follow some kind of format like that, where there's no chance for the Rangers to claim Adam Rosales just to try and send him to the minors. You can claim the guy if you want him, but you can't claim him just to try and get him to your Triple A team. Right, and. Um... Um, and yeah, so with Rule Fives, yes, uh, you can only ever send a guy down to the Triple A's. Yeah, so why 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 is this just a move that people say, well, yeah, let's do that? Uh, well, it's a good question. I mean, I think Ken Rosenbaum's column from April where he talked about Anthopoulos' moves. He did mention that some GMs have uh, talked about changing the waiver system at the GM meeting. They might do so again this year. And in that column, he notes the Players Association will actually run against changing the rules because this is a rule kind of designed to give you know opportunity to players. Maybe the Rosales situation convinces the Players Association that they don't need to be so stridently against changing the rules if it stops players from being in limbo for long periods of time. Right. Okay. Have we? Uh, do you think we've uh, we, we've discussed this in full? Is that what, what's going on? Yeah. Have we done? I think it? we just spent a half an hour talking about Adam Rosales. Well, yeah, 
but um well yeah but to understand this more thoroughly i mean i think oh well here here's another thing too is um is to what uh, how do um um uh, revocable waivers factor into all of this if at all yeah so they're a different animal uh so in august after the trade deadline uh there's a thing called revocable waivers where you can Put a player out there, uh, and if he's claimed, you have the ability to take him back. So it's not nearly the same thing as being designated for assignment. You're not removed from the roster. Uh, you can play while you're on the waiver, waivers. Uh, Justin Morneau, it was reported, uh, was put on waivers by the Twins on Monday, and his waiver period expires uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday afternoon. So we'll know in the next 24 hours if some team claimed him. If, uh, if some team does claim him, and I would think someone probably will because he's got some reputation, even you know, if not great performance, uh, then the Twins will have the option of either sending him to whatever team uh, claimed him for nothing or trying to work out a trade with that team or taking him back and just keeping him himself. So revocable waivers are not the same thing as being designated for assignment. It's kind of a separate system uh, that is primarily used in August after the trade deadline. And how do we find out if players have been placed on revocable waivers? Well, there's, you know, leaks through the media that say, you know, so-and-so was placed on waivers. Uh, it's not supposed to be public. None of this is really supposed to be public. Uh, I mean, you know, when someone gets designated for assignment, that's a press release. But, you know, most of the stuff is supposed to stay internal, but uh, there's always reporters with good sources who find out that a player is on waivers. And, you know, pretty much every player in baseball goes on waivers at some point in August. Uh, that way, if, you know, for whatever reason, a team falls asleep at the switch or every team falls asleep at the switch and doesn't claim a guy with some trade value, now it's a guy you can trade in August and maybe get some value for. Right. And um, uh, it should be noted that uh, that there actually was a, a trade um, recently involving the, the Rangers and White Sox involving um, involving a player who had been placed on revocable waivers in, in uh, the person of Alex Rios. Right, and uh, the, the White Sox chose not to pull him back. They decided to make a, a trade in Texas who was the team who claimed him, uh, and so they, they got a player to be named later because the uh, Rangers want to send them Lurie Garcia, who's on the sporting man, and so Lurie Garcia would not claim not clear waivers. Uh, and so in order to get Leary Garcia to the White Sox, they have to wait until this period is over, and then they'll name him in the offseason. The name of the right, the offseason. And that was uh, this was not unlike the um, uh, the situation with Ruby De La Rosa uh, last year, yeah, for, in, in the deal that yeah. involved the Rangers, or, or sorry, the uh, the Red Sox and Dodgers. Correct. I believe that Alan Webster was maybe the same. Yeah. Uh, I think right. both yeah. of them were players who would not have third waivers and had to be used as PDL. Right. Now, player, it should be noted, player to be named later, this is not actually, this does not typically describe um, a human being just who has never been given a name, but is also very good at baseball, right? Correct. I don't believe there are any unnamed players in the league. Right. Okay. Well, we'll have to look into that, players, people with, have you ever actually met a person without a name? Is that even possible? Is it legal? Uh, well, young, young children, right? And they're like, you know, they come out for a few days and it's like, unnamed child. Yeah, I guess we uh, we had that experience recently with the royal baby, didn't we? I think they they waited uh, some time. I thought it was uh you know generally you just a, what uh, oh, a couple a couple I mean a day at the most, right? I mean usually parents they've had nine months to think about it, haven't they? Well, I think most girls have been thinking about it a lot longer before they even get pregnant. I mean, my wife's already got like thirty five names picked out. We don't have any kids. Well, I have I have some names picked out too. Uh, I don't think we're going to consult you. Oh no, no, not for you. What do I care about that? Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, right. You, you, you get no say in naming my child. I was trying to. You seem uh, like the kind of person who would name your kid like Preston. Uh, Preston, actually, pretty close. Uh, Pelham, 
is one name okay. uh, we've discussed. Oh, it's uh, P.G. Woodhouse is uh, one of my favorite authors, but P.G. Woodhouse is uh, actual first name. I, I was really uh, pushing for Tremendous at one point, though, but uh, my <laughs> wife, uh, she did not like that. I thought Tremendous is Stooley. I thought that would be uh, – oh, that sounds great to me. It's, you know, a lot of – make the child confident very early on. There was uh, well, some, something in the news the other day about some kid named Messiah. I think that's maybe going a little too far. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could really, uh, you could mess a kid up doing that. Uh, yeah. okay, well listen, um, yeah, I think you're doing, you've done a good job, uh, I think Dave Cameron. If you had to predict, uh, just sort of as a, as a, as a final note here, um, when, um, when Mike Trout would be placed on waivers, when would you guess, uh, <laughs> when would you guess that? Uh, I wouldn't actually be shocked if the Angels put him on waivers just because of his procedure. I mean, not every team does it, but a giant percentage of major players go on waivers. Almost as like, you know, if you just want to trade someone, let's put my card on waivers, distract everyone, and maybe they won't notice that, you know, your next go free area is also on waivers, or they'll forget to claim him, and then we can trade free area. And then sometimes you just put him on as like a, you know, uh, paperwork blitz, and uh, try and hope that you can sneak a guy through just by sheer volume of players. Right. But that was, uh, <clears throat> right. But he's probably not actually going to be uh, let go by the... By the but, yeah, but the I would point. I would think that if Mike Trout was claimed on waivers and the Angels did not pull him back, it would go down as the dumbest transaction in the history of time. Right. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, the reason uh, the the way that Carlton Fisk received free agency was because uh, the Red Sox, in whatever year it was, forgot to send in his contract, or they sent it in a day late. Right. There are, I mean, there are examples of that. I think you know the draft year in the class when he was declared a free agent because the team didn't make an offer in time. Uh, you know, I mean, teams have made mistakes before. Uh, I don't believe that anyone's ever made a mistake by losing the last four years of team control of Mike Trout. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be uh, the reason I brought it up. Though, is because you recently uh, noted on the site that uh, Mike Trout is very good. Uh, yeah, I wrote a piece last week saying Happy 22nd birthday, Mike Trout, uh, and, and acknowledging his greatness. And then last night, because uh, we need to give equal opportunity to Miguel Cabrera, or the Detroit fans will come after us with a board. Uh, I noted that Miguel Cabrera now has a 210 WRC plus, which, uh, if he continues that through the rest of the season, would rank 16th best all time. And then I amended that because the 16th included some guy from 1884 who played the Union Association, which I later learned was like a minor league, and his team went like 95 and 20. Uh, so anyway, Miguel Cabrera having a very good season too. Yeah, um, literally one of the best hitting seasons. It, uh, presumably better than last season. Is that what you're trying to convince me? Of? Oh, way, way better than last year. Yeah, if, if, if a voter decides that Miguel Cabrera doesn't deserve the MVP this year because he didn't win the Triple Crown this time, they should be, you know, flogged. I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, but I would, you know, maybe buy it on pay-per-view. Okay. Hey, uh, Dave Cameron, thank you uh, for participating this week. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday's time I had to, a bit of travel, but um, I think uh, same good stuff as always. Well, probably different good stuff. If we had an Adam Rosales podcast every week, I think our listenership would be quite well. Well, um, I, yeah, I don't know if you've looked at the numbers recently, but I think um, <laughs> I'm not sure how badly it could affect it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, well, that is, uh, well, thanks, Dave. Uh, that is uh, Dave Cameron, Managing Editor of Fangraphs. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Steve Cameron. I'm Carson Stooley. This has been Fangraphs Audio.